We acknowledge the Wundjeri and Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land we stand on today. I also acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands from which we are all listening in from and the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people also listening in. We recognise the violence and ongoing trauma caused by colonisation. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. Aboriginal land. In the heat of Welcome everyone to another episode of Loud, Angry and Not Sorry, where we talk about news, politics and current events from a feminist perspective. My name is Leah and this week I'm joined by Callum, who is going to step us through microaggression, performative allyship and how we can be better allies to the trans community. Welcome, Callum. Hi. So I'm Callum. I use he, they and bug pronouns and I'm a queer, transmasculine, non-binary artist. And I'm going to talk about how to be a non-performative ally to the trans community and actually help us and do some good. Thank you. That's really awesome. So I just want to say that I am just one trans person and I've had like a couple of other trans friends um, and my um, trans femme partner read over this just to make sure I'm avoiding like trans misogyny and accurately representing um, other views. But there are always going to be trans people who are going to disagree with me and... I do believe that this reflects the views of most trans leftists, but you should always listen to other people as well. So, those microaggressions. Yes. So I think microaggressions are really common in allyship um, as a whole, and a lot of well-meaning people can accidentally do them. Uh, a good example of that is kind of going out of your way to ask uh, pronouns when interacting with other visibly trans people. And whilst that seems like a nice thing to do, it can really remind people that they don't pass fully, or it can just kind of be annoying, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. The best way to figure out someone's pronouns, if you're genuinely not sure, would be to introduce yourself with your own name and pronouns, because most trans people will then go on to share their name and pronouns. But if you're yeah. And if you're unsure, you can ask, but it should be avoided unless you do it with literally everybody that you meet, which I don't think anybody really does. No, no. I, I, I know we do like pronoun rounds when we have, but that's more of a, we've incorporated that, incorporated that into a part of like organizing that when we meet a new bunch of people, mm, yeah. everyone is like name, pronoun, and like what they want out of the collective or something along those lines. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not just a one-off thing, because I have heard people say that before. It can work really well in, like, a like a group setting, like you said, but if it's just, like, someone you're talking to down the street, it can be a little bit hard to fit into a conversation, I suppose. And, yeah. It's so unnecessary, though, surely. Yeah. Especially down the street. Yeah, well, bad example, but yeah. Yeah. Well, no, reasonable, but yeah. yeah. Generally, just use they until you know like if somebody isn't comfortable yeah. with you using they they're gonna tell you and like if you get closer to someone you can ask but <laughs> the amount of times that people ask me like oh what's your name and pronouns and then they don't go and ask my cis friends as well it's kind of like <laughs> that's very telling isn't yeah it? it's i know that you're meaning well but you're also kind of making me dysphoric yeah yeah and i know also oh, some people like if they're closeted it can be really upsetting to have to go and then share the wrong pronouns, or if you're still questioning and you're not sure which ones you should say. It can be very harmful, even though it's meant to do good, if that makes sense. Yep, I'm actually, yes. Mm. Yeah, I do. I totally understand. Yeah, yeah, it's quite uncomfortable. I know, I'm um, the captain of my school's GSA. Well, sorry, I used to be the captain, not this year. And I'm still very active in it. And we always do a name and pronouns round whenever like new people come. And there's always the first time that a trans person joins. If they're not out, they're very scared and very hesitant. And it it's just it it's not the allyship that you think it is. It doesn't yeah. do the good that you think it does. Yeah. I'm thinking specifically of slut walkies. What we try and do is normalize Mm. pronouns and things like that but you're exactly right that when it comes to some people just don't know when they're in that position yeah but I think I think slut walk has built an environment where that's okay to just say that like you're it's safe for you to say that but it's not 
always safe. Mm, I don't know how to say this. It can be safe if you're trans and it can be safe like if you're cis passing and you're trans or if you're cis. But for some trans people, especially like younger trans people who have just realised that they're trans. And by younger, I mean like just coming to terms with the fact that they are trans. Mm. Um, it can be quite scary and quite overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, even like, like I said, in the GSA, the GSA's entire point is to be a space for queer people. So that means a space yeah. for trans people. But even then, students are absolutely terrified. They don't mm. want to share that um, kind of information just instantly. It's very scary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that should be up to them as well mm. to decide when they disclose that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do we, so should we just, rather than call it a pronoun round, should we just be like, I'm going to introduce myself. My name's Leah. I'm she, her. This is what I want from the collective and not say that we're going to do a pronoun round. That could be good. Yeah. Because then I think, if trans people are comfortable showing their pronouns, then they absolutely can, but there's no obligation to. And I think that yeah. is what makes it quite daunting about doing that in a public space is sometimes people haven't even said it out loud before. I know mm. the first time that I participated in one of those, I'd never shared um, my my real name and my pronouns, and I was so terrified. Yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite scary. Yeah. Not having that obligation, like, that's something that I think... It should be more common. Um, so you mentioned also the issue of saying women and trans women and women and non-binary people. Did you want to touch on that as well? Yeah, definitely. So, like, right off the bat, women and trans women, trans women are also women. You don't need to qualify yeah. that inclusion. Trans women are automatically included in the phrase women. But women and non-binary people is something that's really, really common. And I have no clue where it yeah. came from, but it's actually really harmful. And I know some non-binary people, like, they do align with their womanhood and they're more uncomfortable with being included uh, in, like, a general term of women. But the vast majority of us aren't. Most of us don't really associate with gender. Some of us associate with men. And so you're really, by saying women and non-binary people, you're lumping in a really big group of people, most of whom don't belong in conversations about women. Mm. And so sometimes you might want to talk about people who are affected by misogyny, and that can include women and trans men and non-binary people. Um, yeah. And it's appropriate to say that kind of thing then. But if you're just talking about things like women's rights or things like International Women's Day, it's not necessary mm. to include non-binary people in those kind of conversations. Some yeah. non-binary people absolutely do belong in those conversations. They feel connected to that. And we should not exclude them from those conversations. But I think saying women are non-binary people, it's not... I feel like if you're non-binary and you associate with your womanhood and you want to be included in conversations about women, you're going to feel generally to some extent included in the word women and mm. I was like I can't really really speak on that I'm a non-binary man and I do associate to some extent with manhood but uh, I also I can't really speak on that because it's more complicated because I think a lot of non-binary people non-binary trans men just other non-binary people we can be perceived as women by some people and thus do suffer under the patriarchy and we do experience misogyny but when you're just talking about women as a group of people it's not necessary to include us in that mm, mm. and just just to let dear listeners know this is how Callum and I yeah. came together because of the um, International Women's Day we were um, trying to be inclusive of trans folk and gender diverse and gender non-conforming yeah. people and it was very like beautifully spelled out by you Thank and you. I thought like wow this human has got some patience yeah. <laughs> because like you really had to like I'm not I don't want to offend you I don't want to you know like you were being very this isn't a great way to talk about this but mm. also I don't want to like yell at you or anything yeah. like I just want to highlight the errors and the flaws in your in your thinking and I know in that post I do remember seeing another non-binary person being like hey thanks for including us and so I obviously 
like I said at the start of the episode, I can't speak for all trans people. However, the majority of the conversation I see surrounding the phrase women are non-binary people is negative. Most of us don't like it. And so I've seen women-aligned people used, um, and that can be really good if you do want to include non-binary women in those conversations. Yeah, actually, thank you. It's all good. Because there there is this whole thing around IWD about how it's exclusionary to trans and gender diverse communities. Yeah. Which is not our intent mm. and we want it to become a welcome space for everyone and all allies and everyone who wants to get involved. Yeah. I think, yeah, the the working around the, the, the language, mm. we, we need to work on the language to make sure that it, it's not performative and that it's actually inclusive in the right way. Yeah, and I think International Women's Day and Spirit can absolutely be a safe space for trans people. It's more of a culture problem with, like, yeah. Um, those few TERFs or those, yeah, just those few TERFs who yeah. show up and make it a bad time. I did just also <laughs> want to say that women on non-binary people can reinforce this very, very common stereotype that non-binary people are just women light. And I have seen some non-binary people explain their gender that way, and that's very cool and very valid, and I'm happy for you. However, I'm sure you can recognise that's not the entire non-binary community. Um mm. And by saying women are non-binary people, you're really reinforcing that kind of idea in people's minds. And I think it's unconscious, but it's absolutely everywhere. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd also wonder if sometimes, like, it, the more that I think about it, the more I realise just, like, how incredibly performative and virtue signalling it really is. Mm. It's also, I, I'm not sure if you touched on this, sorry, my brain is, like, so just, good. like, shredded cheese at the moment. <laughs> so that, like... It's kind of like we feel the need to lump people into groups. Yeah. Like women and non-binary and BIPOC communities and the LGBTQIA plus communities. And it's like, it's very othering because essentially what that says to, I don't know, to me anyway, it makes me think that we've got cis hets and then we've got the LGBTQIA plus community. Yeah. We've got white people and then we've got the black and indigenous and people of colour community. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's quite a lazy way mm. to show, inverted commas, allyship. Yeah, I think if you look at it from a historical perspective, BIPOC communities absolutely exist and they work together. Mm. Same with the queer community. Back in, like, ye old times. Uh, <laughs> there was... Ye olde days. And by that I mean the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I just turned into like your 77 or something just <laughs> yeah. sorry yeah um sorry back when queer activism was a relatively new thing the lines between being trans and being uh LGB were very very blurred there was a lot of blurring between cross-dressing yeah. and the trans community there's this whole very complicated history that I could talk about for hours and I'm not going to um but next episode yeah <laughs> It's it's very blurred, and that's, I think, LGBTQIA+, in a historical context, is a very important acronym, and I think it's still, yeah. like, there's a lot of uh, community spirit and allyship there, although cis gays are on very thin ice. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it is absolutely, it's kind of a very lazy lumping together. There's actually another thing, sometimes when people are talking about trans people, or they're talking about lesbians, they'll just say, the queer community, and mm. I don't know, that's probably a bit more nitpicky but like really i i think i think it's lazy Mm. yeah be specific like what do you mean when you use these labels like and there's absolutely there's communities between black people and indigenous people obviously in australia because indigenous people are black here but in other countries there's a lot of community there and there's also that queer community but like we shouldn't use those acronyms, I think, when we're talking about specific forms of oppression or specific mm. forms of allyship or just, like, mm. specific issues. Yeah. It's it's very lazy, yeah. Another thing, it's just kind of language. Um, a lot of people will say preferred pronouns or gender identity. Uh, that's quite belittling and implies that we choose to be trans or we choose our pronouns and... That's not really how that works. Um, no, you choose to be a turf. Yeah. That's where the belittling belongs. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, 
So I think better language to use is personal pronouns or, you know, just simply pronouns because mm. that word is uh, all-encompassing. And just gender. This person's mm. gender is this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little thing. Not really a big deal. No, I think I think the... I don't know. Like, my background's in mental health nursing. Mm. So I there is definitely power in the language that we use around... Definitely. And around and within these conversations. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. I think, especially for people who are just discovering trans issues, I suppose, things like preferred pronouns or gender identity can get really stuck in your brain. And the way that those phrases are worded, it does imply that there's a choice there. And if Mm. you have that unconsciously in your head, it can form larger unconscious biases, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, um, what about conversations around passing? Yeah. So I think that kind of... Oh, sorry. That just, it's, it's so a, gross. Yeah, it's very gross. It's so gross. It kind of comes back to, like, asking pronouns. It's disgusting. Mm. Don't do it. Um, mm. Unless we actively invite you. I know sometimes I will talk to my friends and ask them. I, I haven't had top surgery yet, and so I have to wear a chest binder. And sometimes I will ask my friends, like, does my chest look flat in this? But mm. I'm actively inviting them then. But if they were to mm. just say, hey, Cal, your chest doesn't look very flat, that would be really fucking shitty. <laughs> Not all trans it's... people experience dysphoria. Not all of us mm. get incredibly distressed when we are reminded or we think that we don't pass. However, some of us do. From what I know, it's most of us. And even then, it's just super fucking uncomfortable to talk about somebody's body and how that is perceived if they haven't invited you to. Uh, I, I, I'm really struggling not to bring it back to my own personal experience. You absolutely so can. If you want it's me fine. To not, you can do that. That's, that's all Because good. I know how that feels when people make comments about my body. Mm. And as a fat woman, yeah. I'm I'm either hypersexualized mm. because of my body, or I'm told I'm not good enough for my body, or I'm too lazy because of my body. Yeah. And there's a lot there, mm. like when it comes to bodies and how people perceive and judge someone else's bodies as like again, inverted commas, acceptable. Yeah. Like it's I mean, obviously there's a whole added layer when you add in Mm. I think with um, trans people, dysphoria. that kind of yeah. sexualization is so, so prevalent in discussions oh, about our bodies, so especially when it comes to trans women. And in specific communities, it can be worse. I know, for example, in the furry community, it is absolutely shocking. But say in like art communities, it can be really nice. Mm. Um, and trans people, especially trans women and Obviously, I'm not a trans woman. I can't speak for trans women. However, my girlfriend and I talk about this a lot. Trans women are either treated as disgusting predators or they are hypersexualized. They're treated as a fetish. Conversations about our body can be really traumatic and they can easily turn into uh, fetishization or treating us like we're disgusting. I hate the world so much. Mm. Oh my god! Yeah. Um. Again, another problem that I see, and I I see this mostly with turfs, mm. but I don't know if that's if if it's wider spread than that. But the whole notion that sex equals gender, there seems to be a big problem. Yeah, I think it definitely started off as a turf thing, but I think a lot of turf rhetoric it bleeds through into the way that just the wider community thinks about trans people is because some people don't know how to recognize turf rhetoric. Um, And that is actually something that I really, really recommend that you do if you want to be a better ally. But yeah, so forgetting that sex doesn't equal gender is a really, really big problem. Um, And actually, I do see it a lot in feminist spaces talking about like anatomy, uh, periods, and that kind of thing. It's like, I know it's more of a liberal thing, but like things like the pink pussy hats or like... There's weird, oh my God. Th- that weird boob artwork that you see on Etsy. Like, that kind of stuff is fine if you're making it about yourself, but if you're trying to make that to be an artwork about women and you're not including trans bodies, that comes across really shitty. That's really shitty. Yeah, and so if, actually, if you're an artist and you do want to kind of include that more, or if you want to talk about 
um, for whatever reason you need to talk about anatomy, that kind of thing, learn what trans bodies are like. Um, yeah. Like, learn what top surgery scars look like and learn how to draw them. Learn how to represent us well. And also, don't expect praise for doing it, um, <laughs> because you're doing the bare minimum there. Yeah. And yeah, so if you're going to talk about, like, I know it's a big thing, people who menstruate, uh, as opposed to, like, feminine hygiene, stuff like that, it grows a long way. A lot of transmasculine people still menstruate. Even when you go on testosterone, it doesn't really stop. You actually have to get a hysterectomy, and that's really expensive. Like, could we, could we just, like, maybe try calling tampons tampons? Yeah, like, it's... Like- uh, it's not that it's hard. So... No. Adding an extra word into your sentence, it can suck when you're like on Twitter or something, but it makes other people feel seen and included. Mm. I like sometimes I'll see content that's like talking about how like cis men just do not understand periods and I'll be like, huh, this is really funny, relatable content. And then I'll look back at it and it's all women. This is what women experience, and that was not a very concise sentence, but it's all good. Yeah, that is um, that is really shit. It is really shit. Do you want to? So, I can't speak for intersex people, but what I have seen intersex people say is that using their existence to own the conservatives and prove that non-binary people exist is actually really harmful. Yeah, non-binary people are not intersex. Intersex people are not biologically non-binary people and whilst there absolutely are some non-binary people who are intersex it's not that common and it's not the scientifically sound argument that some of you guys seem to think that it is Mm. and like there's good intentions there but from what i've seen intersex people don't like having their existence weaponized especially when those people turn around and not do any activism um when it comes to like intersex rights like yeah um, yeah yeah look yep that's yeah. that's about it yeah it's not yeah stop yeah don't don't use people to like make your point yeah especially if you're not that group and it's not about that group yeah like, it just doesn't yeah make sense no one thing that i've seen that's really really common online is the infantilization of transmasculine people, especially younger transmasks or people who don't pass or people who are gender non-conforming. Um, and we're kind of, we're treated like children and I think it's based in turf rhetoric, um, the kind of idea that transmasculine people are just confused lesbian sisters. Um, but it's really, really common in cis allies especially. People who are trying to be supportive of trans people that they're seeing online, but just doing it completely wrong. Um, examples of this are like the the uwu soft trans boy trend that was on Tumblr in like the early to mid-2010s. And the more recent, like the frog-loving, monster-energy-drinking, alternative envy um, trend on TikTok. And when you kind of... Both of those things started off as community jokes. It was trans people being like, hey, a lot of us fit into this kind of aesthetic, isn't that funny? And then cis people have kind of taken that and they've used it to baby us. Um, basically, TLDR, please treat us like we are actual mature people, please and thank you. Um, Things, saying things like, go they, them go, online, it really reduces us to being trans, and you're treating us like we aren't a mature adult, and it's really, really frustrating. Mm. Um, And sometimes it's people talking to teenagers, sometimes it's people talking to really, really young trans people, but even then, you should still treat them like they're able to have their own thoughts um mm. and that kind of thing i i think it's it's almost like spicy sexism um you're making me laugh I'm sorry. spicy sexism i think that's what I, can i call the episode spicy sexism you can absolutely do that that's so funny um and then 
I've already talked about this, but there's like a trans feminine alternative, which is either the demonization or the hypersexualization of trans feminine people. Um, I don't think I need to argue uh, as to why that's bad to leftists. Um, some. <laughs> some, yeah. Some. Um, please just, like, if you're sitting and listening to this and thinking that, oh shit, maybe I've, I've done this before, or even if you're not, just try and do some self-reflection. See if you do have these kind of unconscious biases towards trans people. Whether you're treating us like like actual individuals or if you're just kind of extending uh, misogynistic biases into transphobia. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd always reflect and always grow. Yeah. And also, if anybody's doing any of these things, please don't feel bad. Um, we all make mistakes. I used to be horrifically transphobic, and now I use neo-pronouns. Um, like, yeah. there's always space to grow, and it's better to focus on growing and becoming a better person rather than just wallowing in self-disgust. Yeah. I mean, shame doesn't help anyone. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and whereas, you know, sit back, feel bad. Mm. You know, that, that kind of stuff. But also listen and grow and develop. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think growth can happen from being comfortable all the time. Definitely. And accountability yeah. is really important. So if you're recently, yeah. if you're recognizing some of these biases within yourself and you're going to work on that, which you should, um, and you're going to try and grow from that, if you're interacting with trans people in the upcoming months, it might be good to pull them aside and just disclose, hey, like, I'm working on some transphobic biases. If you do something, if you do any of these things, talk to that trans person later, pull them aside later, if, and if they're comfortable, just be like, hey, I'm really sorry for doing that. I'm working on getting rid of these biases, and yep. I messed up, and I'm really sorry. Mm. That's actually another thing. If you mess up our pronouns in public, don't make a big deal out of it, please. It's really embarrassing. Yeah. Just apologize later on or just correct yourself. It happens quite frequently and we'd rather that you didn't make a big deal out of it. I am, um, yeah, I, I recently messed up a friend of mine's pronouns, like a good friend of mm. mine's program. Someone that I've known for years and I love dearly and I've never gotten their pronouns wrong. And then just all of a sudden at a table full of people, mm. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And like, don't worry about it. And I'm just like... Yeah, I know. Me and my girlfriend. Yeah, it's it's mortifying. Yeah, me and my girlfriend are both trans, and obviously, we've we were both out before we started dating. You know, we've always known each other as the correct name and pronouns, but I think both once for both of us, we've messed up, and you mm. feel absolutely mortified. But like, mm. everybody messes up. You don't need to make a big deal out of it. Yeah. 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 And I think sometimes, like for me, it was like, and I look, and that this isn't just about gender. This is about like when we fuck up around um, racism mm, and bigotry and misogyny. Yeah. It's not about us, our individual. Like I felt bad, and I made it about how bad I felt. Mm, yeah. And it's not a. It shouldn't be about me. It should be about making sure that 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 the, the person that I've just harmed is okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really difficult to. To, to separate yourself from that. Yeah. And I, but I think we need to do that better. Yeah. It is really mm. important. Yeah. So should we move into something that I'm really I'm really keen to talk about yeah. this? But performative activism. Yeah, definitely. I am I am someone who is very active in the community and um in this space. Mm. Like I would have said that my feminism was like intersectional and inclusive, and um yeah, I absolutely and I don't. I can absolutely do better yeah. and I really need to do better. So this is something that like looking through your notes, I'm like, I've done this stuff. Yeah. And I think as a trans ally, you can always do more. You can always be better. And it's best mm. to not dwell on that too much. Um, mm. Trans issues constantly evolve. The way that we like 
to describe ourselves, the things that we want constantly evolve. And there's always going to be more that you can do, but just try to avoid doing actively harmful things, I think would be my best advice. Because I, f- I feel like, again, this is something that everyone can take on board. Yeah, performative activism, yeah. it sucks if that's all that you're doing. But if every yeah. now and then you accidentally do one of these things, it's not the end of the world. As long as you are also doing non-performative activism. <laughs> yeah. So I think the first thing I did want to talk about is slogans like trans women are women and trans men are men. <laughs> They're good, but they lack the nuance. And it's kind of a given. I, I, yeah. I know that it has to be said sometimes, but it shouldn't. And that should not be the extent of your trans inclusivity and your activism. I know, yeah, absolutely. I, I know some leftists, they won't talk about trans issues because it's not important to them. And just every now and then they'll be like, oh, trans men are men. And like, yeah. cool. There's bigger issues here. Yeah. And you're not really going to convince anyone with that. It's a nice little no. catchphrase that you can put on a placard if you're going to a protest or if you want to put a little mm. sticker up somewhere. But please yeah. do more. Yeah. Yeah. That, that can't be the extent of it. Yeah. Um, so I watched the, the ContraPoints video that you recommended, mm. the one that spoke on well, – I can't remember what it was called. It was called was J.K. Just, Rowling. Just, oh, it was just called J.K. Yeah. Rowling. I love how she kept referring to her as Joanne. Mm. Her videos are always very funny. I have no idea why I thought that was so hilarious, <laughs> but, like, it was just gorgeous. I loved it. But she spoke about how trans women are women is not a good – slogan mm. because it, it it just becomes like ideological warfare essentially you know yeah. you, you're not going to get anywhere with that like you're just going to be engaged with a mm. in this sort of weird crossfire where there's no actual yeah. the underlying issues aren't actually being addressed and I think the left needs to do a much better job on not only messaging but owning our argument and controlling the yeah. narrative and I would I would really recommend um that contrapoints video it's uh jk rowling it's on youtube um to any trans ally um i watched it and i got a mm. lot out of it and you know i've been out for a very long time contrapoints is not perfect and that's a whole it's a whole other can of worms we don't need to get into it but it's a good video it is and i <laughs> it's almost as if contrapoints is like a human person who is flawed yeah, yeah. and we're allowed to have flaws and to fuck up and mm. to make mistakes. Like, it's, yeah. there's a real weird, I feel like, especially for women on the left, we are expected to, like, always be everything for everyone. Mm, and definitely. It's... And, like, I, I, I only recently started engaging with her content and I had to, like, look up why everyone hated her so much. And it's, like, because she accidentally got a transphobic trans person to voice a character once kind of thing. Mm. Like, she has some, like, uh, viewpoints sometimes, but, like, she's got the spirit mm. and she has some really good ideas and she makes really, really good videos. She's and, fucking smart yeah. as shit as well. Jesus mm. Christ. She is. Yeah. So, speaking, so I feel like I'm doing this to you now. I'm, I'm going to get you to do th- say that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so another big problem with allyship and well-meaning allies is people speaking over us rather than for us, if that makes sense. But what by for us, I mean uh, regurgitating what we say to other people rather than making up your own arguments. Because if you're not trans, you simply cannot understand what it is like to be trans. No matter how much you read or how much you know or how many trans people you're friends Mm. with, it's just, it's such a unique experience. I've never been able to explain it to anybody. Mm. No, I think you've explained it really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like share our content where you can Mm. as well. If you have the option to share an article by a trans person as opposed to writing out a, your own article in response to someone being transphobic, do that. Yeah. yeah. Please. Because we are going to do that better than you are. It's not because you're a bad ally, it's just because you can't have that nuanced understanding. It's like, I, as a white person, I can never understand what it's like to experience racism. I can only relate it to my own experiences. Mm. And... 
because being trans is such a unique experience, it's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The whole nothing about us without us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then when it comes to consuming content about us, whether that's content that includes trans characters or content that centers trans characters, it's really, really, really important to figure out whether or not what you're consuming is trauma porn or not. A lot of trans characters and a lot of char- uh, content that centers trans characters is written by cis people. Mm. And it's written for cis people, so they can be like, oh, these poor trans people, they're so oppressed, it's so sad, and I am their saviour. And it it really, it feeds a saviourship complex. And, like I said before, cis authors cannot accurately represent what it is to be trans. That's not how that works. And I would say, if you wanted to find some um, good, like, Okay, the the term that we use to describe trans content that's made by trans people is um, own voices work. Mm. Um, I'd really recommend Ashton Daniels on YouTube. He has some really really nice book recommendations and reviews, and like a he shares his Goodreads as well. So, if you want to find books that are by trans people and that aren't trauma porn, then I'd really really recommend that. Yeah. yeah. And also just, like, you can always check when you find a trans book, is this written by a trans person or not? Like, it's not that hard. And that also comes into things like movies as well. I know there was a movie that recently came out where um, Eddie Redmayne, I believe, starred as a trans woman. And apparently it was a beautiful film, but it was written by a cis person. And it starred a cis person. And it was... It was just trauma porn. I believe at the end she ends up dying. Like, it's too much content about us is about our suffering. And there needs to be more representation of us succeeding and leading happy lives. Yeah, it does really feed into that whole narrative of we we need to save trans people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you absolutely do need to be doing trans activism. But reading a book about us having poor mental health and struggling to come out and experiencing abuse, that's not trans activism. That's actively harmful. Mm. But like that that whole like sort of turf like rhetoric that where we do love and support trans people, we we just wanna save them from being hurt or you know, we, we don't want yeah. them to go on and experience mental health issues. So maybe, mm. in, you know, we should stop transitioning from happening or like reduce access or something like that. So it's yeah, really God. like it's, they sort of feed into each other. Do you yeah. think? Yeah, to, to yeah. some extent. Absolutely. There is a really important distinction there, mm. though, that I do just want to talk about because, like I said, if you're not trans, you can't know what it is to be trans. There is a... Trans people experience poor mental health because the world was not made for us and the world is really, really dangerous for us. And I know TERFs, if you're not trans, can seem like very reasonable people. They can make some very convincing arguments. And I'd really, really recommend that you learn what those dog whistles are and you learn how to rebut Mm. them. And once again, the ContraPoints video is a really, really good place to start with that. Yeah. Totally. TERFs keep the company of, like, the alt-right, the extremely Mm. Catholic. They walk hand in hand together. Like, they aren't allies. I was having to go through a bunch of um, TERF accounts that, for some reason, had followed my Tumblr. And it's all, they're like, they are, they they claim to be radical leftists, but they are centrists at best and right-wing grifters at worst. Mm. Um, At worst. Like... Maybe some of them are leftists, but you can't think that you have the ability or the right to control what other people do with their bodies and also be yeah, a leftist. That like doesn't, that's... that doesn't sit with me. That yeah, no, mm. you're not left. Yeah, yeah. If you if you work to control people's bodies, then you are simply a foot soldier of the patriarchy. It, yeah, um, I can actually, I can actually probably. Sorry, again to make it about myself. I can um, I can use some of your strategies in how I talk to men as well. Because yeah, definitely. Keeping, like when you point out people's mistakes, they get defensive. They can get really upset. Yeah. But if you just kind of go on to present that, like in a 
also this modeling, thing, please and thank you. Modeling behavior. Yeah. Amazing. Mm, yeah. Oh my god. Um, call out posts. Hang on, did we skip something? Yep. Oh, debating um, in public. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I've seen with some leftists, and I'm very lucky I don't encounter this often, but I am sure that it's far more rampant than what I have seen, is people having public debates with conservatives, with the alt-right. What are y'all doing? <laughs> like, what is what is going mm. through that your mind? You are simply giving those conservatives, those alt-right people, a platform. Yeah. They're going into that with the same mindset that you are, and your mindset is presumably, I am going to own this person, I'm going to change their mind, and it is going to be spectacular. They think the exact same thing as you. Like, <sighs> you're just... Especially if you're not trans, you're creating a hostile environment for trans people, and you're almost presenting these conservative viewpoints in an uncritical environment because it's just a, a civil debate. You're just having a, a discussion about different ideas. Like, mm. it, it is really, really harmful, and for some reason, incredibly common. Mm. Look, I've, I, I've done it too. So, like, I'm, you know, mm. you see someone laying into, like, either a friend of mine who's First Nations or a trans friend or something like that, and you stick the boot in because you want to mm. show support or solidarity or something like that. There is absolutely no harm in, like, having a, a little bit of discourse in the comments. But I'm more talking about things where I've seen, like, cishet white men um, debate, like, racism or transphobia with literal full-blown Nazis on, like, a YouTube live stream. Oh, yikes. Yeah. It's surprisingly common. And... Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, that's, that's really, really harmful. Oh. One example of this is also those Jubilee videos where they're like, how do these trans people and cis people think differently about trans issues? And there was a stream that I shared with you that I actually wouldn't mind maybe sharing in the description because I think it's actually. Oh, really I was going to put them all in the description, but that's fine. That wouldn't. Yeah, I was thinking even like. I haven't watched this one yet. If I could. Yeah, it's it's rather long. It's, okay. it's like an hour. I will um, watch it now. But it's basically. It's, yeah. It's a trans person going through a Jubilee video entitled Trans versus Traditional, which right off the bat, what the fuck? Sorry, I don't know what Jubilee videos are. Oh, it's like this weird genre of YouTube video where they're like, we got a bunch of conservatives and leftists to talk about these issues together in the same room so they can find a middle ground and all be friends. Oh, yikes. Yeah, it's it's liberal bullshit, but I think a lot of leftists are ex-liberals. It's, yeah, you know, you can carry through those performative forms of activism into your leftism yeah. um yeah and please don't no. do that <laughs> also if you are going to debate trans issues with trans verbs please make sure that you're doing it to help us and to better us not because you want attention or you want to win a fight yeah Make sure that your your activism is moti motivated by the right things, and those right things are helping and bettering the lives of trans people. Yeah, yeah, mm. yes. All right, that's like I was I was a little bit concerned, like not concerned. No, that's wrong. But like you were saying before, like different different folk have different ideas about what is supportive and what is helpful, and um and I mm. know that like a lot of people have called on allies to be like are being slaughtered in the comments come and support mm. me where where I, where's your support that kind of stuff is actually really important especially if somebody is getting yeah. dogpiled um but having a, a public debate yeah like a, a very publicized one for other people to watch as almost a form of entertainment yeah. is really really that's harmful kinda, that's really gross actually when you think of it like that yeah it is absolutely disgusting yeah. yeah. Um, i remember i saw a, a speaking panel and this is again going back to like just liberal feminism yeah. um yeah and it was a speaking panel where they had like what what is the future of feminism like fantastic i love this stuff oh yeah but it turns out that it was like i'm not going to use names but there was like 
I think two or three white feminists, an Indigenous activist. I'd, I'd, I'm not sure if First Nations people like to be called feminists or not. So I'm just going to, I don't, I don't know what to, yeah. hopefully I'm being yeah. okay. Um, and there was a turf and it was like, this is not the future of feminism. This is fucked. Yeah. And I think from the way that you've talked about that, that Indigenous person was definitely there oh. as a token person yeah. of colour. And it was really funny because they went in a white suit and they were just like, I just think it's really funny as the only person of colour that I'm wearing white. And I'm just like, I don't know <laughs> if I'm allowed to laugh at that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, make sure that you are including us as a default. Like, you shouldn't have to clarify in your activism that, oh, this also includes trans people. Yeah. Because, of course, it does. Yeah. Also, yeah, uh, onto call-out posts. Um, they aren't your place to make if you are cis- just repressed owls with credit. Yeah. Um, it's never okay. This comes back to speaking over us rather than yeah. for us. They're just harmful. You can often spread misinformation because, once again, if you are not trans, you cannot have an incredibly nuanced understanding of trans issues. And th- there's so many of them. Writing these notes, there is so much more that I could have talked mm. about. This is just a very, this is the tip of the iceberg. Mm. And you cannot consider every single aspect and make a good call-out post if you are not trans. Yeah. I know, you've put new notes here. Um, This kind of, like, carries into, like, cis men calling themselves feminists and, like, calling out the patriarchy. As men, we need to uplift the voices of women-aligned people Mm rather than speaking for you. And I think, as a trans man, like, I do experience misogyny daily, uh, but it's still not really my place. Now I'm trying I'm thinking of, like, because I make a lot of posts about, like, turfs going into the ocean and, like, comparing turfs to, um, like, pro-lifers and stuff like that, like, trying to control our bodies. I think that kind of stuff can be useful. It's okay to make a nuanced point and share that on social media. But if you're not also uplifting trans voices, if you're not also listening to trans people, then you're not a good trans ally. Yeah. I think it is, it's absolutely okay to create your own content, but it's better to uplift Yeah, no, own. I totally agree. And, like, going, sorry to keep going back to JK, but or, or jo- sorry right. to go back to Joanne, I should say. Joanne. Joanne. Um, <laughs> like, and this is a conversation that me and some of my friends had, is that I started sharing stuff like shitting on JK or Joanne, um, and they were like, hey, how about instead of doing that, we share more um, content from trans people? That is a really good point, yeah. actually, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's all fun and well to make jokes about our oppressors and calling them out but make sure that you're also supporting trans people and that you're making their lives better and you are not doing that purely by (sighs) stirring the fire that's not the correct term stirring the fire i like that though (laughs) stirring the pot (laughs) flaming the fire yeah you're not doing that by creating a more hostile yeah. situation because quite often when you do make those posts you'll get tiles coming into the comments being like girl you're wrong i hate you mm. like uh, i just block a block and block those people but mm, yeah, yeah no absolutely and i i think sometimes it's this that lateral violence as well yeah yeah definitely yeah. oh um yeah so essentially just um cis people just need to stay in our lane yeah, just understand when it is your turn to speak on our issues. And that can be defending us, um, that can be helping us, yeah. but don't speak over us, please. It, it happens too often. Yeah. And if we get yeah. called out, just shut up and take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't try to defend yourself. You don't need to explain yourself. Just apologize and correct yourself. Yeah. Um. So how can we be non-performative allies or good allies? Um, 
number one is educate yourself. Mm. Trans issues evolve constantly. I think I said that before as well. They're ever changing. Read trans literature if you are able. Listen to trans people talk. Understand that sometimes the things you read or learn are going to be outdated, and if somebody corrects you, just take that on board and learn from that experience. Don't question us when we tell you that something is transphobic. Mm. On the side, there are some conservative trans people. I will never understand it. But if you see a conservative trans person being like, oh, this is transphobic, good chance that it isn't, and you're just uplifting a gender non-conforming trans person mm. or something. Um, yeah. So part of that education can be learning um, turf dog whistles, but also learning transmed dog whistles. And um, transmedicalists are people who think that they get to dictate who is and isn't a valid trans person on the basis of, do you have gender dysphoria or not? Not all of us do. And um, acting as if you can control our bodies is really, really harmful. Gatekeeping um, is fun. So yeah, gatekeeping is so fun. Really cool. Um, so yeah, educate yourself and understand that what you learn is going to change and it's going to be outdated in a couple years. Don't question our gender and how we choose to express ourselves mm. either. Um, I don't care if you've seen other trans people doing it, because you probably mm. have. Um, it's never okay. Mm. And yeah, help your trans friends uh, and trans acquaintances. Make them feel safer in their spaces. Don't don't put emphasis on it, but like, if they've recently come out, maybe ask if they need you to accompany them to the bathroom or that kind of thing. That can make them feel a lot safer. Or like things like going clothes shopping. If you have a trans friend and you're knowing that they're going out to a club or a party and you're unsure if they're going to be safe and you're also going, just be like, hey, like, do you want me to be there to help keep you mm. safe? Um, that's not always appropriate. Uh, use your critical <laughs> thinking skills. Um, if you have the means, also help us financially in our transitions. A lot of the time it's not covered by insurance. Mm. Um, unless you have like the highest level of hospital cover, and that's not something that everybody yeah. can access. And so there are a lot of um, GoFundMes and mutual aid requests um, for people who are wanting to get surgeries, or they need HRT, or they can't afford their groceries because they're having to pay for mm. their HRT, and they just need a bit of financial assistance. Also, things like for younger trans people, helping helping them get binders or like breast mm. forms to put in bras, helping them get clothes that are affirming, if you have the means. There is absolutely no pressure to help us financially if you mm. cannot. That's completely understandable. But I know I've had a couple of people help me out with accessing binders in the past, and it has made my quality of life significantly That's better. fantastic. There's a really, I'm just going to yeah. look it up, but there's a... A binders yeah there's a couple of organizations um where you can donate chest binders and they will send them off to trans people yeah uh if you can donate to dirt to those that's absolutely fantastic because chest binders are really dangerous a little bit of an extra thing if you're going to with chest binders especially donate them or give them to people make sure that you learn a little bit of binder safety don't buy binders off of amazon or ebay and just make sure that you're getting things, something that is safe, um, because those can be really dangerous. I didn't, I didn't realize um, that. If done incorrectly, mm. I have a friend who's like severely broken a rib because of a too tight chest oh, binder. Wow. Like they're quite dangerous because you're compressing the tissue yeah. and then it goes into your ribs and then it makes your lungs smaller. Jesus, and, I never thought yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The organisation that we usually sort of promote through Slut Walk is called The Shed Melbourne. That's a good one. Yes, yes, they're really good. All right, yeah. I'll pop a link to them in the note. That's, yeah, um, a really good place. And also, make sure that you're also supporting uh, trans feminine organisations because there's always a lot of binder drives. There's always, well, there's always a lot of binder drives, but there's never really any equivalence for trans feminine mm. people. And I can't even name any off the top of my head. No which is a sign of um, how prevalent that problem is. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's uh, trans misogyny is everywhere, yeah. um, and that's a really really important thing to educate yourself on. Actually, yeah. um, that makes um, me really sad. Yeah, make sure that if you're doing things for trans men, you're also doing the equivalent for trans feminine mm. people if you have the ability. And if you only have the ability to do it for one group, do it for trans feminine people because there are so many resources out there for trans masks, and far too little for trans femmes. Also, this is a really important po- point here. If you know a trans kid or a trans teenager, please, please, please make sure that they are safe and that they are supported in their home environment. And if they're not, be a person that they can go mm. to. Um, around 80% of trans youth will experience abuse at the hand of a parent or guardian. I personally know a lot of trans people, and I know of one who has supportive parents. It's it's far too common. Um, and having like a parent or a guardian or a teacher at school or an extended family member who is someone that you can go to mm. um, for for help or for resources can quite literally be life-saving. Yeah. Um, and so if you do know a, a trans kid or a trans teenager that is in need of support, um, you can do things like affirming their gender verbally, like referring to them in the third person sometimes if they're comfortable with it, sometimes people mm. aren't. Um, helping them access affirming clothes if you yourself have a kid or if you have the money to go to the op shop or if you have some old clothes lying around that might be uh, affirming for them, offering that. And things like chest binders, bras, breast forms can be really, really helpful. But also just having a safe space for them to go Mm. to. Like, if you can... I know... I have I, I don't have a great home life with my parents. They're not super supportive of me being trans at all whatsoever. And I have a house that I can go to when I need mm. to. And that is quite literally life-saving. Trans mental health is awful. Um, the mental health issues of trans youth who have unsupportive parents is... It's like 80% yeah. of us like have self-harmed. Like, it's, it's really, really, really yeah. bad. Yeah, so if you can support us in any way whatsoever, please do. And there is never any pressure to support financially if you do not have the means. If you don't have a safe space that you can provide, don't feel bad for that. But be there mm. for them. Um, that's really important. Also, calling out transphobia in your day-to-day life. If you notice something, you recognize a microaggression, you recognize something that is blatantly transphobic, call that out. But also, don't expect praise for mm. doing that. Like, that's basic allyship. Yeah. You're not doing anything amazing. And people might thank you, and that's cool, but, like, don't be upset if you don't get it. Yeah. It's not a transaction. It's... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> also, if a trans person comes out to you, put effort into using their new name and their new mm. pronouns. Like... I, in the past, have had teachers who have messed up my pronouns, and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, like, I'm trying so hard. But it will go on for months and months and months, and it's very clear that you're not putting in any effort. You're not practicing. You're not talking Mm. about me using the right pronouns or pulling yourself up when I'm not around. Yeah. That's really, really important. There is um, a website called Practice With Pronouns that will be linked in the description that is a really, really good resource if you want to practice using neo-pronouns. And just, like, write a sentence every now and then talking about the trans person using their correct name and pronouns. Like, a sentence a day can be super, super helpful. It, if you don't have a learning disability, it can be very, very easy to pick up new names and pronouns. Mm. And uh, people act like it's so, so hard, mm. and it's not. And for some people, it genuinely is. And I'm not trying to erase that, but... <sighs> If it is something that you are able to mm. do, don't act like it's no. hard, please. Yeah. I mean, for um, and this is no defense. What is it? It's not an excuse. It's a reason. Like I know a lot of the older communities mm. that their neuroplasticity mm. and the way that their brain works is is it's wired that way. So I know that sometimes yeah. they are trying and they are trying, but they 
But you can yeah. tell the difference, like you were saying before, between someone who is trying and someone who hmm. is just only cares when you're around. Like, yeah. yeah, if I've come out to you months and months ago and you have never once used the right name and pronoun for me, then I'm going to be pretty suspicious. <laughs> like, it's a bit of a absolutely... tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes it is hard and sometimes it will take you a while to get used to it, but it's not the hardest thing in the world. And some people act yeah, like it is. No, absolutely not. I can think of things that are way harder to learn than a pronoun. Yeah. Mm, like yeah. physics. Yeah. <laughs> also, going on to that, if someone does come out to you and they've clearly only recently come out, double check when you can use their correct yeah. name and pronouns so that you don't accidentally out them. Um, that's a really important thing. Also, if you're going to do like a pronoun round or something, especially if you are a leftist space or a queer space. Just be like, hey, like, when is it appropriate for us to use mm. this? And how would we like you? Sorry, how would you like us to refer to mm. you um, when it's not safe to? Because that doesn't always mean using their dead name mm. and incorrect pronouns. That can just be referring to them with they them and not using their name. Yeah, yeah that's really true. Yeah, I think checking in with people and having that conversation around what they want and what they prefer is probably yeah. Like, I'm going to err on the side of that's always the best. That is definitely always the best thing yeah. to do. Um, and then I do just have some recommendations yep. um, for more things that you can um, learn. Obviously, like I said before, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's always more trans issues to learn about. Please educate mm. yourself. Some things that I really, really recommend you research um, are... The experiences of he, him lesbians, or they, them lesbians, and also she, her, gay men, um, and they, them gay men, because a lot of people don't understand uh, their experience with gender, mm. and how that is actually very, very valid. I'd really recommend, um, well, I can't personally recommend it, but I've heard Stone Butch Blues be recommended over and over again as a really, really good book about um, a he, him, lesbian and their sorry his experience with uh, his gender and how that works for him. I haven't personally read it because it has, like, all of the trigger warnings and Bless. that's not something that I'm able to uh, consume, yeah. but I would recommend it. Um, but please do look up the content warnings first because it is apparently a very, very triggering book. Practice using neo-pronouns is another Can thing. Can I just clarify what neo-pronouns are? Because I've not heard of these before. So, yeah, so um, neo-pronouns are pronouns that aren't he, she, or they. So that can be people who use, like, zezer, um, it, its, or I personally, I use bug, bugs, bug self. Um, and that is a noun self-pronoun. Um Noun self-pronouns are basically, they have a format, which is uh, noun, nouns, noun self, and that noun can be literally anything. They're quite often used by neurodivergent, especially autistic trans yeah. people, because um, we have a really, really complicated experience with our genders. Yeah. And I understand that I'm not a bug. I do not think that I am oh, a bug. Sake. Do However, people say that to you? People say that. So many trans people are like, I'm not going to call you a bug because you are not a bug. And I'm like, obviously, I'm not a bug. <laughs> I actually really love bug for you, though. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so learn how to use them. There is that website that I mentioned before where you can actually enter in any set of pronouns. Um, and I'm not really sure how it works, but apparently it's a really, really good resource. Cool. I know there is also a... Um, I think it was run by minus eighteen on how to use like Z Zer pronouns, but I wouldn't include that because you can do that with this yeah, website yeah. here. Educate yourself on what turf dog whistles mm. are. Once again, the ContraPoints video explains this very, very, very well. well. But that is also not the only resource. Please find more. And also Transmed slash TrueScum slash TrueMed, so many names. Um rhetoric and how to rebut it and why it's wrong. Because for a lot of people, it seems instinctual. If you're trans, you have gender dysphoria. If you're cis, you don't have gender dysphoria. But it is far, far more complicated than that. 
and I don't know. I feel like a lot of people can very, very easily get tricked into transmedicalism, mm. um, but it's it's not it's not right. There's also a link from Mashable that is basically just basic trans etiquette if you're really, really new mm. to this. Um, if you have been involved in trans allyship for a while, I don't think you would need to read through this article. But if you're super new, I'd really recommend it for just like some basic words phrases and what they mean yeah fantastic awesome thank you so much thank you for coming and thank you for sharing your wisdom and once again so patiently stepping us through all of this it's all good yeah um yeah i do actually i have a thing to plug i'll probably it'd be better to link it i have a card um like the c-a-r-d card um which has like I have an Etsy that's currently in the process of being setting up. I have uh, my social media on there where I share my art um, and uh, contact information. If you have any more questions, you're more than welcome to email me or contact me on any of those social medias. Or if you want to commission me, I'm an artist. Amazing. So that is bug draws with a Z instead of an S um, dot C A double R D dot car and i'll just put that in the notes awesome. right now perfect all right well everyone go commission do some, do some commissioning <laughs> yeah there's absolutely no pressure you do not have to but if you like my stuff you're more than welcome to um yeah thank you so much for joining us and again stepping so us good. through all of this stuff it's this has been invaluable for me and I bet that I'm, I know I'm going to listen back to this episode a few times to sort of cement some things in my brain because that's what I'm really glad I could no, help you. Thank you. I think you've just helped the community heaps by stepping us through this. Thank you so much. Hopefully. Yeah. And like I said, I, my socials are linked down in the description. If you have any questions, you're more than welcome to ask me. It might take me a little bit to respond. I'm very busy, but I'll get to you eventually if you're kind and respectful. Yeah incredible if you enjoyed this episode and you enjoy conversations like this please like and share and all that sort of stuff leave a comment and yeah go check out bugs um card sorry my brain is just switched off yeah, it's so good i keep going to call it link tree in my brain it's it's basically link tree it's but not more i can customize it more so i like yeah. it i can make it look oh, prettier cool. i might get one of these things actually they're actually they're really good a lot of people use them for like sharing resources for like how to be a good ally or like just leftist resources i know there's a really good one that i don't have with me right now but i have it on a device that is not currently <laughs> with me um that is just like basic leftist reading and it's really good to share with people if they're like hey what's some like good recommendations for really basic yeah. stuff awesome yeah. cool Alright, thanks again for your time and speak soon. Bye. La 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 la. Oh, right. I forgot about that.